Deep down inside, you know family life should be fun, but also have purpose. However, somewhere along the way, your values, your beliefs, and the expectations you had for your family have gotten lost in the midst of everyday life. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're on a mission to help you become the family you were meant to be. Whether you've been a parent for a while, just starting out, or thinking of becoming one, this podcast will inspire you to design and create a thriving family culture. Change starts with awareness. This is true in every area of our lives. Your family culture is no different. In order to successfully leap forward in the family culture building process, it's best to know where you're starting from. Welcome to the Family Culture Project, Episode 3. Today we are talking about the importance of assessing your family's culture and giving you a simple way on how you can examine yours. As we mentioned in the previous podcast, in order to change the direction our family was going, we had to be honest with ourselves about where our family was. In many ways, we were living the life we wanted to. Great house, great town, good job, good schools, and a really nice community. However, we were disconnected from one another because we were staying busy. I was a stay-at-home mom, and I was volunteering for everything because that's just what I thought I was supposed to do. We lacked community, and we seemed to be doing our own thing. After we realized we needed a change, it was super important for us to take the time to assess where we were at so we could get to where we wanted to be. And doing this together gave us clarity in the culture building process. We were able to examine the areas of our life that needed big changes and the areas that needed small changes. It set us up for success. Since we were doing it as a couple, it helped us to get on the same page and to reinforce where we had common ground. Now, you don't have to be failing miserably in an area for it to be worth talking about. It is so important to reflect on what's working, what's not working, where you've been. Oftentimes, when we do self-assessments and take a look at the various areas of our lives, we discover there are areas that may be doing well and others that need improvement. I found this to be true of myself, but also as a life coach, I see this with the people I work with as well. There's always room for improvement. The assessment stage helps us determine if big steps need to be taken or if we just need to tweak a few things along the way. So Carl, can you tell me a little bit about what assessments does for, in the workplace? For anybody that's not running their own company, um, and even if you are, um, if you have multiple employees, you're going to get into a period where you need to do assessments. Usually in a big company like I work, you have assessments during fixed periods of time. And these are important not for a couple reasons. It, it, it formalizes on a calendar times that you have to have a check-in. You should be having check-ins with your employees all throughout the year. So usually a couple key milestones are the mid-year assessment. That's where you usually assess the goals that you've created at the very beginning of the year. How are you doing? So that if you're off track or you're not, you know, if you're on track, that's great. But if you're off track, what are we going to do? So what are we going to do to get where we want it to be for this this particular year. So it's a great check-in time. And then at the end, it's looking back and assessing what we did well, what we didn't do so well, and what we need to do better to kind of build our careers and to build on whatever we did during the year. I mean, my guess is, is that if you take the advice on these assessments, that you have a greater chance of success going forward. Yeah, I think, I think where it's important is not all companies do this, is you get a peer assessment as well. So not only are you getting the assessment from your immediate boss, um, your immediate boss, if they're doing their job well, are also getting this, uh, getting feedback from those people that you work with the most. Mm-hmm. So whether it be a person um, that works for you, for you, a person that you work with a lot that's not your direct immediate boss, some other senior folks that you deal with, people um, 
in other parts of the organization that you deal with a lot and really trying to get a 360 view on how your performance is and taking that feedback and looking at that feedback as a method or the method to help you identify things that you might be blind to mm-hmm. that can really help you move forward in your career. Can you think of any reasons why you wouldn't do assessments? can't think of a reason why you wouldn't <laughs> do it. I do think that if if you're not doing constant check-ins, um, and, and, and this isn't just your boss sitting you down, it's, it's you going to um, a trusted colleague or two or a mentor and asking for feedback throughout the year yourself, actually mm-hmm. seeking feedback. Um, you'll get a lot of good feedback if you seek it. If you ask people for feedback, they'll usually be pretty honest and give it to you. Mm-hmm. And it's a better way sometimes to do it than just the assessment where your boss puts on the calendar, mid-year assessment, year-end mm-hmm. assessment. Mm-hmm. So as part of this process, let's say when you get reviewed at work, is part of this process include you reflecting on your own performance? Absolutely. I mean, I always really look at... Um, the thoughts that I had around my performance first, what others thought. It's very important because you, you get to, to draw where the disconnects are and it helps you tweak the areas. And sometimes it's nothing overly obvious, but it's mm-hmm. little things that are the things that can sometimes hold you back mm-hmm. that you're blind to. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the biggest benefit is from getting multiple reviews and assessments? Getting a multi-perspective feedback is is valuable because you're getting a different lens on on your performance, right? So it really helps you to really put together where the commonalities are because often there are commonalities. A lot of times if there's an area you really need to work on and it comes from various different sources and it's the same general message, Mm -hmm. it really just helps solidify that that is an area Mm -hmm. that you should be focused on. Mm Now, the assessments that we're talking about today, as we mentioned, it's ideal to do it with a spouse, but I think that that kind of assessment, when you are doing it with someone, gives you that secondary perspective. You know, now that our kids are older, we've done many versions of assessments during the year where we get our kids' feedback on how we're doing, and we even ask them the questions like, well, how do you think you're doing in school this year? Because I think it's important for them to understand and to admit that they're either happy or unhappy with their situation in order for them to move forward. If they're happy with what they're doing, they can keep doing what they're doing. If they're unhappy with where they're at, then they know they need to make some changes. And so whether it's them and their schoolwork and their relationships, or whether it's us and the building of our family, I'd love the power of assessments to do that. Well, you're bringing out a good point. I think um, part of any assessment of people assessing you is your own self-assessment. So going and preparing for an assessment discussion is usually some reflection of a self-assessment that, that you actually say, well, yeah, how did I do toward my goals this year? How did I do mm-hmm. towards these leadership standards this year? Mm-hmm. And um, really just taking a pragmatic view of yourself and your own mm-hmm. performance. And again, getting that multi-perspective feedback helps to round off where you really need to improve. And, and I do remember with the kids as well, when they did an assessment, I think the great things about that was you really get some candid feedback. They're amazingly candid. But also, you, you see where they have common grounds where they say we need to get better, mm-hmm. whether it was being on time, like we talked about in the first couple of podcasts. 
they were all in sync on that those points. Mm-hmm. We've been through the culture building process, and we have a set of standards of what we want our family to become. So the first time you do this self-assessment, you're just being open and honest about what you're thinking about each of the categories that we're going to give you in a bit. However, when you've established your family culture, when you've created a list of values, and when you know where you want to be, you also have kind of like a benchmark to say, how am I doing? Much like you're talking about where you guys talk to your employees, having a family culture in place really allows you to measure your success. It allows you to then celebrate it once you've achieved it. The idea of assessment and reflection at first made me feel uncomfortable. That's because I knew that we already needed our family to change. I wanted a quick fix, and I thought that this would slow us down. I thought this was unnecessary. I just wanted things to be better, and I didn't want to have to go through a process. But I'm so grateful that I did. We recently did this to kick off the new year, and at the end of asking ourselves the hard questions, how are we really doing? We discovered common threads in our choices. We were thrilled with the areas of our life that we've built with intention and unhappy in places where no decision became the decision, and let's see what happened, guided our decisions. Well, I can think of a perfect example of an area where I saw growth in, in the past year in 2017, and that has to do with the relationships that I was having. There was a time when I felt like I didn't have the friendships and the community in place that I desired, but last year was a year of me taking intentional steps to have the relationships I wanted. I took risks in community by extending myself to others, inviting people out to lunches and just showing up for the friends that were already in my life. And I did that on purpose. And so I was able to look back on 2017 and be really happy with the relationship in the community that I had developed over the year. I think along the same lines of you building out your community, I think about what we've done as a family and, and the community we've really been purposeful about developing in a, in a different kind of way. I mean, we'd be very purposeful about who was coming over when, how we're, how we're creating opportunities to build community, those small steps over time, just built upon themselves. So there's a few things that you should keep in mind. If you're doing this with a spouse, be open and honest about what you think. If you're a person of faith, we suggest you start out with prayer. For us, it was important to pray and invite God into the process. We did it specifically so we could have the courage to be vulnerable with each other and at the same time not be defensive when we heard what the other had to say. I also recommend putting all of your thoughts down on paper. For me, writing is a great way to take everything that's going on in my head and get it out in the open. Plus, it serves as a great reference when you're starting to build and implement culture. I love also that you can look back on it either months from now or a year from now and remind yourself of how far you've come. Let's explain how simple this is. Give each of these areas a rating between 1 and 10 along with a few thoughts on why you chose that number. The first area is community and friendships. By community and friendships, we mean what's your what's your normal week-to-week life look like in community? Are you getting together a lot with other families? Are you getting together with groups that have common interests, whether it be for sports or for other things that you guys enjoy as a family? How are your friendships? Another category is family relationships. This includes your spouse, your immediate family, and your extended family. Take a look at how you interact with them. Do you enjoy interacting with them? And what about the frequency that you see them? You might have to break that one down into a couple categories in case you have various different rankings for your immediate family and your extended family. That's true. So the third category is recreation. I think we kind of know what that means. So for everybody, that will be different. Whatever you enjoy as a family or whatever you enjoy, are you allowing enough time for it? 
And the fourth category is spiritual and personal growth. If you're a person of faith, you can examine the growth that you have in that faith. Do you have a relationship with God? Are you attending church regularly and meeting with others that have the same faith as you? And if personal growth is your thing, are you taking the steps you need to grow as a person? Are you learning? Are you different than you were the year before? So in each of these categories, one would mean that you're satisfied in this area and you want to see radical change. A 10 means that you're happy with where you are and you can't imagine things being different. Feel free to create your own categories too. And don't overthink your answers. Don't try to explain them away or change them immediately. You know, to see these things on paper is a game changer. One of the things we discovered when we reflected on 2017 was that recreation not only was an important part of our lives, but it was a pivotal part of our lives in bringing connection and unity to all of us. Last year, before spring break, our kids were bickering a lot and not really getting along. So this year during our assessment, we made a discovery about recreation in our lives. We always knew that travel and spending time together that was fun was important to us. However, we didn't understand how powerful it was in bringing us together as a family. Last year, before spring break, our kids were starting to bicker. They weren't getting along and there was a lot of tension between everybody but what we experienced on vacation was amazing little by little over the trip we saw our kids start to have a lot of fun together they were connecting they weren't bickering anymore they were reminded about how much fun they had together and we saw a transformation in them and it was enjoyable for us to watch but it also kept going when they got back and here's why this is important we were able to see what worked for our family and obviously it didn't work. But this was a perfect example of something that we could take forward into our future. So with the information and the knowledge and the discussion we had around recreation, we were able to say, you know what, this was great for our family. Instead of waiting until we get around to having a vacation, why don't we plan intentional events or intentional day trips, long weekends, vacations, whatever it is that we can afford. Let's plan them out in advance. Let's do them on a regular basis so that we're nurturing our relationships along the way. I promise you that if you go through this assessment process, it'll be beneficial. I know for me, it was less about the ranking and more about recognizing the areas where there could be improvement. If you're married, it's ideal for spouses to do these activities together. However, we know that that's not always possible. We want to encourage you to do this work anyway. You can still have a significant positive impact on your family when you do this work. It all starts with just taking a few small steps in the right direction. What we talked about today can be done on any old piece of paper, but if you want a handy guide to walk you through it, you can download one for free in our show notes. This week's episode was all about your present. Where are you now and how do you feel about it? Next week's episode is going to help you examine your past and inspire you to plan the future. Family culture is not about perfect, it's about purpose. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. We'd love for you to help us get the word out about the show by sharing it with a friend or writing a review on iTunes. To learn more about The Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which will include show notes, resources, and bonus content.